Welcome to In the Clubhouse, a podcast about Washington Nationals and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Richard. One of the reasons why I started this podcast was I wanted to connect with as many Washington National fans as possible. So while my guest, Kyle White, isn't a player, a broadcaster, or an analyst, he's a Washington Nationals superfan. In this episode of In the Clubhouse, I sit down with Kyle, who lives in Richmond, Virginia, and loves the Washington Nationals, and has some really cool stories to to share, even about his wife. If you're a Washington Nationals superfan and want to come on the podcast to share why you love the Nationals, hit me up at thenationalsreport at gmail.com or head to the Nats Report Facebook or Twitter pages and leave me a message and we'll get you on the podcast. So let's go in the clubhouse with superfan Kyle White. Hey, Kyle, thank you for taking the com- time to come on the podcast today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Hey, Richard, thank you very much for having me. It's uh, it's going to be fun. Really appreciate your time. No problem. Okay, so let's jump right into this. Um, how did your passion for baseball start? Um, and also, what about like your passion for Washington Nationals baseball? So you've seen the movie Bull Durham, right? Of course. Remember that line? Um, she's talking to uh, to Nuke, and she goes, "Well, they did when they're in the Carolina League, hon. I grew up on Carolina League baseball. I grew up in uh, Southwest Virginia in Roanoke, and the minor league team I got to follow growing up was in Salem, which is a neighboring city of Roanoke. And uh, the team at the time was the Salem Buccaneers. They were the Pirates, Carolina League High A affiliate. And then uh, when I got to middle school in the mid '90s, they became uh, the uh, uh, Colorado Rockies affiliate, so they changed the name to Salem Avalanche, and um, they were all that all the way on up until I think like my 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 last my summer senior year they became an Astros affiliate, and then I, I moved up here to Richmond and I, I came back for my first summer, but I was only there for a couple weeks and I've been in Richmond ever since. I got a couple jobs up here after college and or during college and uh, never left. But that's where, that's where my baseball love started was mom and dad, especially my dad uh, taking me to the Carolina League games. Um, another kind of cool, my, my dad had a, um, still has actually a, the Valpac franchise in Southwest Virginia, the, the coupon, the blue envelope that with coupons in it. And as a kid, he would do a Valpac night and it's usually around right after Memorial day. And it was the coupon. I was always, you know, kids are free adults buy one, get one coupon for the adults. So a family of four can go for like five bucks back in the early nineties and go see minor league baseball. Well, the cool thing is I always gave my dad the first pitch opportunity. Um, As I got older, like, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, dad let me do it because I was starting, I was really into Little League. So I I got to, uh, I have several baseballs from uh, Valpac Knights uh, growing up for Carolina League and got some really cool autographs like Jason Kendall, Moises Salou. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Did you, uh, when you did the opening pitch, did you, you know, bounce it in there? Did you throw a high heater? Like what, like what, what was your record? I'm going to say it was all, uh, it was wonderful strikes, but, uh, mom and dad still have one of the VHSs. I don't know if they've ever converted it to DVD, but it'd be kind of funny to pop, pop in the VHS to see, uh, to see what it looks like me back in what 90, 
in the mid nineties, how I used to throw. It'd be kind of interesting. I have no, I'm going to say I threw perfect strikes, but I'm sure I bounced those balls big time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say that you threw perfect strikes. And, you know, if your dad and your mom are listening, you know, hit us up and we'll, you know, if you want to give me the footage, we can, we'll go into the archives and look. Um, what about like your passion for Nationals baseball? So you talked a little bit about the Carolina League, um, Rockies, Astros. So how did, you know, you become passionate about Washington National Baseball? So uh, my mom uh, loves theater. So like dad always, my and culture with dad was always sports. And then mom's and culture, she was big into theater. So I, I, I've gone to a lot of theater, especially when it comes down here in Richmond. We've got like the, the B show, Broadway. So we did like Hamilton before COVID and a bunch of other stuff. One of the Broadways I watched as a kid was uh, the movie Dan Yankees, mm-hmm. um, which actually you can actually buy now on Amazon. I bought it maybe like six or eight months ago when COVID started. So um, anyway, but so I watched that and I fell in love with the idea that, wow, there was a team in Washington. And one of my best friends, her dad, uh, was went to University of Maryland and moved down here uh, with, with my friend's mom and went to games when the Senators were in D.C., both before they moved to Minnesota and then before they moved to Texas at both Griff Stadium RFK. And he actually had some old ticket stubs. So he used to always show me, knowing that I was always into it, and then uh, I remember I was at VCU. I was in my beginning of my sophomore year when it was officially that Montreal was moving down. I'll never forget buying the Washington Post and, and the Richmond Times dispatch the next day. And I'm like, okay, I'm fully in. I've always wanted this. I'm going to fully commit to it. And um, went to the first ever game, the exhibition game back in April of 05 before the official opening night game and went to the opening night game uh, and then start going up on a monthly basis with a bunch of buddies at, from VCU. Um, and then, you know, post-college just kept growing and growing. And, you know, my, my wife and I started dating and we got engaged on the field, uh, back in 2013. And we're just, we're just big Nats fans. Our kids have all the gear and we just, we just have a lot of fun. Wait, back up. You didn't tell me before that you proposed on the field. You're going to have to tell me a little bit about, (laughs) about that story. I, I, I did. I, um, so we got engaged, uh, the six, yeah, June, uh, excuse me, July 6, 2013, after 4th of July. And what I did was, um, I was trying to, you know, the Nationals pre COVID used to do ballpark tours of Nationals Park. You can always, you know, do a ballpark tour. So mm-hmm. I was like, that's great. And one of my, one of my best buddies, um, lives up in DC. Him and his wife have a house in the district. I think they're over in Eckington, if I remember the correct neighborhood. And so I was like, hey, I gave him the heads up. I, I kept it very close to the chest, but I gave him the heads up. I was doing this. And he goes, well, if you're doing it in the morning at the ballpark tour, you want to meet for brunch and then we'll go to the game. And that night, remember when the Nats used to do this post-game concert series back as yeah. the marketing promotions? Uh, our, the, the band that night was the Thompson Square Band. So that was our game. But when I tried to buy the, the tour thing, the Nats said it was sold out. So I called the Nats. And I said, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. And they're like, you're in. Don't worry about it. Um, we'll connect with you once you get the tickets. We'll tell you who your tour guide is. Well, my tour guide was a guy named Bob. I don't remember Bob's name, but we took a picture with Bob. Bob's very special because when my wife, my, my, my wife stepped away from me, he goes, where do you want to do it? I'm like, Bob, I have no idea. Where can I do it? He goes, well, we go on the field. You want to do it on the field? I'm like, sure. <laughs> and um, again, we were in this random tour group. 
And when I stepped away, the a couple other people heard like, are you doing that? And they're like, yeah, we're like, well, hey, we'll film it for you. So um, these random people who I never met before in my life actually filmed me proposing to my wife and took pictures. And again, I, I'm in sales for a living. So you always have business cards on you. So I had business cards and I gave it and they emailed me like later that day during the game. Like, here's here's your stuff. Congratulations. That's super cool. So um, I just did a quick Google search. Do you remember who the Washington Nationals were playing that game? Yes. For that game and what the score, the final score was. That's a great question. I remember really nothing about that game. We hardly, we had a bunch of friends at the ballpark and there was a couple of libations involved, but we were playing the San Diego Padres. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We did win. I want to say uh-huh. it was pretty, uh, pretty easy win. And like I said, then we we did the Thompson Square concert and um, had a. And by that point, later we we were able to drive on back safely back to Richmond. So. <laughs> okay, so for the listeners out there, and for you, so your wife will always, if you if your wife asks you this question, the, the Nationals won eleven to seven. The game time was three hours and 15 minutes, and the attendance was 33,314. So, it's a good crowd. Yeah, that, that's a good crowd for a July game in, in Washington, D.C. Um, so, I have to, I guess you might say that your proposal is your favorite non world series moment, Washington nationals moment, but maybe give us another Washington your favorite non world series, Washington nationals moment and why. So, um, I'm also a big ticket stub collector. So I collect ticket stubs, bobbleheads and media guides. Those are the three in yearbooks. Those are the four things I collect of national oh a pins i'm sorry i do collect pins too mm-hmm. um the reason why i bring that up is i have the ticket stub from my wife's first ever game which was april 2012 against the reds it was the jackie robinson day game i have my daughter's first ever ticket stub and the little flyer they give out now that says your first nationals game mm-hmm. and that was it was also against the reds it was july I got to pull up my spreadsheet. It was July 2016. And then my son's first game was June uh, of 19, the year we won the World Series. And we were playing, I believe, the Braves. So those were my favorite games because that's when I got to introduce my wife and my kids to the Nats. And uh, we've been going to games ever since. So that those are my favorites besides – Going to the exhibition game and then the opening night back in 05, that, you know, to say you're there from the beginning, it's pretty cool. Like, especially like your your last podcast you had with uh, Todd, the graphic artist. Mm-hmm. I felt that it's like, yeah, I mean, I've been there when we won the World Series, like, man, since day one, it's like, finally, it, it was it was an amazing feeling. It was really cool. What was your favorite World Series moment in uh, 2019? Favorite World Series moment. So my wife, her name's Eve. So Eve and I were at uh, Game 4 NLCS the night we clinched. And that was amazing, going to the World Series, knowing that we were we were so excited. We had a huge crew that came up. My, my brother-in-law made his first ever Nats game that night with his son. That was really cool. We did Game 3. Um now I'll say this. I this is my opinion as a fan. Tell me, I don't know if you were at any of the games, but I felt 
the NLCS game four had more, more oomph or passion than World Series game three. I felt there were some people there that just wanted to say they were there, but weren't maybe diehard fans of the Nats or where that, that passion was like in game four. Um, but I'll say this, but before the game, my wife and I met with up with several different groups of people over at the brig there, um, next to the Navy yard. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun before the game up there. So I went, uh, during the 2019 playoffs to, um, an LA game in the NLDS and I went to games three and five of the World Series. I saved all my money. Like I wanted to go to every game, but I saved all my money to go to a World Series game. So that's what kind of was my strategy of like, I'm going to save my money for the big kahunas and the, it, it paid off. I wish they would have won at least maybe one of those games. But um, I, man, I, I have to cross um, that bucket list thing off my, you know, cross that off my bucket list attending a World Series baseball game because that was just an, an amazing night. I definitely agree with you. Um, you know, there was like those people probably in game three that were there that were just like, oh, I'm here for the, you know, for the sake of it. But there were also people like I was sitting around that were just just as pumped um, to be there, you know, because it's the Nationals World Series. And also, I believe it was Soto's, Juan Soto's birthday, right? 21st birthday. I think so. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Now you I think that. Yeah, that was. I, <laughs> I, I tell you, I've got video. Uh, so I, I was up in up in the Northern Virginia area for work, um, and this was not – I did not plan this. Sometimes I plan my business trips when I go up north around a Nats game or, or a Potomac Nationals game. This mm -hmm. one I had not. I booked it like seven months in advance because it was a presentation I had to do, and it was the night of the wild card game. So my, my two of my buddies and I and his wife, we went to the wild card game. And I thought, here we go again, because my wife and I were at game two, NLDS 2014, the epic 18-inning game where we lost. Mm -hmm. And I was like, here we go again. And I actually have the actual hit live on my phone. When Soto hits the, ba the base hit, what's his face? The right fielder bobbles the ball. And it is total euphoric. I, I, I sent the, the video out to all my friends and, and on the year anniversary of the hit, we're all like, Oh my gosh, to this day though, Richard, my buddy and I did not know we took the lead on that hit. We just thought we tied the game. We were in shock. We're like what? We took the lead. I don't remember Rendon scoring at all. I just, I, I thought we tied the game. I didn't know we took the lead. Man, 2019, amazing season. I, I think, um, you know, they always say you remember the, your first, but man, I, that was just an incredible season. Yeah, it was. Um, what are some of your superstitions that you have during the season, like watching a baseball game at home or even coming up to Nats Park? So I'm all – I'm a big fan of the, the, the pomp and circumstance. So I love getting to the ballpark early. Um, now, my father will – kill me for saying this, but the older I get now, I kind of make this, especially because baseball games, like you mentioned earlier, is three hours and 15 minutes go so long now. I'm kind of more of seven innings, and then I'm starting to look at, you know, heading out the door kind of thing, uh, depending on the game or the outcome. Um, my father, you never leave a game roll. You paid for nine innings, you're getting nine innings. That's my father, um, and I grew up with that. Um, 
but so that's kind of one of my things is if depending on the score, I'm thinking, okay, I've got to drive back to Richmond or I've got to get back into the Northern Virginia area because I'm overnighting for business or I'm just overnighting or I'm going to, you know, one of our friends house up there if I'm not, or I'm not taking the train back to Richmond. So I'm, I'm always kind of looking at the clock, so to speak about that. Um, superstitious. I'm not, I'm not really a superstitious person, but I, I do, uh, I do try to, I don't know if you're like this, but what I try to, when I wear team gears, my wife calls it, I try to make sure I match or I have to, like a specialty hat, like the 2018 Mother's Day hat with a certain Nats shirt or polo. I'm, I'm that kind of a guy. Oh, wow, that's pretty intense. I'm usually, I usually have a hoodie. I have my red hoodie that I did not take off for every um, playoff game during this, <laughs> during the, during the postseason in 2019. Um, so I love my hoodies, especially, um, definitely during the fall and also the spring. Um, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, growing up in the Carolina, watching Carolina league baseball, what are your, some of like your observations about, you know, the, the changes that ba- uh, major league baseball has done, um, to the minor league system. And like, you think that, you know, there's like, there's been some feedback that like, oh, this doesn't really benefit the fans or, you know, you know, this is more, team oriented. So I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that and your perspective. You got a couple minutes. I might go a little long here. <laughs> well, keep your answer for a couple of minutes. <laughs> so I, I probably love minor league baseball more than maybe I love major league baseball. Um, I am ecstatic that the Potomac nationals are now the Fredericksburg nationals. I am devastated though, that the Carolina league is no more since they got rid of all the league names. And, you know, you can tell, it won't happen this year, but they're going to sell the naming rights, which I get it. It's revenue. I get it. I'm a business major. I get it. But I'm going to miss the Carolina League. Like one of my prized possessions is the um, – I went to the uh, Peanuts game when they did the Top Gun night. I don't know if you remember that back mm-hmm. in uh, 2016. It was during the Olympics. And I actually won Trip Keister's jersey. And what's really cool about that jersey, it actually has – like it looks like a, a bombardier jacket. It's got like this awesome Potomac Nationals patch with the full logo. And then also has this really cool Carolina League patch. And that's like one of my prized jerseys besides maybe their Mighty Ducks jersey they did. Um, but so I, having grown up in Southwest Virginia, one of the teams that got impacted was the that, the, that they were called the Pulaski Yankees. They just rebranded their name last week or two weeks ago. I think they're going to be called the the river turtles or something like that. Uh-huh. And if you, if you ever get a chance you're out in Southwest Virginia, that is one of the prettiest ballparks. It is gorgeous. It's tucked into the Valley of the mountains in Pulaski and it's absolutely gorgeous. And it's re- super, super family friendly, affordable. It's, it's amazing. Um, I was really concerned about like towns like Pulaski or Bluefield, Virginia or West Virginia, depending where you're on the line there or Bristol, because the Appalachian League, as you know, got cut out, and I was super concerned. I was I was really upset at I was really actually upset at not only Major League Baseball. I was also upset at the players for not fighting to get more money for the minor leaguers um, instead of just you know I want to get the biggest contract. It's like guys, I understand we're all we want to get paid. Who doesn't want to get paid? But come on, man! Like, what? Why is it? Why can it not be cool? Like if Denard Span and he had to retire, but he didn't want to. Like, what if we paid him 130, 150k to play a triple, a triple A ball and mentor 
the younger kids, you know, on the roster coming on up. What's wrong with that? It's good for the AAA town because they got a veteran and, you know, they can play to win, not just play to develop players. But I, I digress on that. But when Major League Baseball did announce that uh, they're going to turn the uh, Appalachian League into basically the Cape Cod League, but for freshmen and sophomores in college, I was like, okay, this has some legs. I think it could be really good. And so far, I like what I'm, I'm seeing in the in the branding. And like, you know, my parents still live out in Southwest Virginia, and they were saying they got a, a bunch of good news hits about the new team name out there, and they were they're pretty excited about it actually. You know, again, the top freshmen and sophomores. Um, I have a coworker who lives in Frederick, Maryland, and he was great. He's a Pirates fan. He's not an Orioles fan. He's from the Pittsburgh area, but he was devastated that the the Frederick Keys got, you know, they were cut. They're now, I, I think they're part of the Dream League, which I was pretty bummed about that because that was, you know, it's not, I've been up there. It's a nice size market. I felt bad for them. Um, I just hope Richmond can become the Nationals affiliate. I've been wanting that since 2005 and you know i live here and we go to a lot of squirrels games love the flying squirrels uh just wish they were a nats affiliate not giants but um hopefully they get that new ballpark built with vcu i think there's one more piece of land they're trying to acquire and it looks like that could happen and uh i think it'd be great to have richmond and fredericksburg both have the nationals minor league system i think it'd be good to develop that camaraderie up i-95 together going up to dc talking about um DC and let's maybe switch gears to major league baseball, like from a fan's perspective, uh, what do you think of the moves uh, Mike Rizzo did this off season? I, I love Rizzo. Um, sometimes I question some things, um, but again, that's, that's me being a fan. My, my, my only, and I'll, I'll, I'll share this with you. My, my friends that know me know this and I'd love to hear your feedback on it. I'm at the point where, we are old. I mean, I'm, I'm, what am I? I'm going to be 36 next month. So I'm the same age as, you know, Zim and Scherzer. And, you know, so it's like, yeah, my athletic abilities definitely was never close to theirs, but uh, it's definitely <laughs> close to zero now. Um, and we're getting old and we've got some big contracts. And, and I'm at that point where I love what we did. We got Shorber. We got Lester. I uh, love the Brad Haynes sign. I thought that was a steal. I really do. I thought that was a steal. But I'm also, if we're out of it by trade deadline, trade them. I, I also be open to trading Robles. I think somebody mentioned, I, I like to trade Victor Robles for uh, Wilson Contreras. Maybe mm-hmm. get two years of eligibility there. Um, and then if, if we did that and, he's, and we're out of it, we can trade Contreras again and get value for two years of control, do it. I, I, some fans aren't going to like this, but I'll say it. I'd be willing to put Trey Turner on the chopping block. If we, uh, on the, excuse me, the trade block, if, um, if the, if the price was right in return, kind of do a mini rebuild like the Yankees did four years ago when they traded Chapman and got Glaber Torres and just kind of restock the farm and, and reload for, for in another two years, instead of doing a full blown, what we did in, you know, 07, 08, 09, 10, or what the Astros did, do a mini rebuild and restock the system. And, and can we please lock up Juan Soto tomorrow? I mean, can we not get, you know, 10 year contract, you know, 275 out there, the more you wait, the more that price is going up. I mean, or can we get, you know, 13 and, you know, 350? can we, let's lock them up, buy out those free agent years. He can still probably test the market at the early thirties and still make some money if necessary. But that's my, those are my two cents worth on what the Nats are doing. What's your take on my hot takes? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that you, you know, probably are in the, which we'll call it, in the majority about, you know, what people are expecting. Um, I, I, I was just a little confused. M- my confusion was with the, you know, with all these one year deals that Rizzo put together, um, you know, with Schwarber, Lester, um, I think Hand also had a one year deal. Um, I was a little, I was really disappointed in the catcher uh, signing. I think that you know there are definitely other catchers out there that could have you know maybe fit the bill a little bit better. Um, so we sh- that's that's really interesting. You know, I also feel that um, I've written a lot about this on the website of you know the Nationals at a crossroads, right? Like, wh- what direction are they going to be going in and you know, one thing that you can honestly say about Mike Rizzo and, you know, his, you know, strategy or whatever, like he picks it and then like he just kind of like goes all in. <laughs> There's no like halfway with it. Um, so it should be interesting to see how that kind of like plays out um, for this for this season. I you know I'm also in agreement with you, like, you know, come, you know, if we're out of playoff contention, like I'm talking about like way out. You know, not within striking distance, I say that we unload, you know, I've written a bunch of articles about like, well, maybe even this would be a very unpopular take of maybe even unloading Max Scherzer a little bit here, you know, get all those one, then I think the one year contracts can kind of like come into play and, you know, really rebuild the team that way. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, I personally would have loved to see a big splash, but I kind of get where the base baseball is and with contracts and, you know, with, with the owners and the league kind of getting over the COVID-19 uh, pandemic and, or, you know, still not being able to have fans. So, you know, it should be really interesting. I'm looking forward to baseball. That's the one thing that, you know, that really is getting me going every day is just like watching, you know, getting ready, reading about spring training, um, you know, getting ready. I think pitchers and catchers are reporting extremely soon. Um, you know, so it's just, it's just, you know, baseball is coming back and I'm really excited about it. I also thought too, the one year contracts, was that Rizzo's idea of saying, Hey, look, if we had to guess today, there's a good chance there's going to be a labor dispute. How long does this strike go? Cause mm. you know, the owners and players cannot get along at all right now. Do, Hey, look, do I stock the deck for this one year of all these one year contracts and go for it? And that's what I think maybe he took. And you, you said it when he when he makes his mind up on something, he goes for it. And that's one thing I, I like about him. At least you know where he's going. You know, mm-hmm. it's he's he's pretty transparent how he's going to do it. And I appreciate that as a fan. Um, so I, I think it could be that, too. Hey, let's load up on one year and hopefully we can make a run. And hopefully we don't have a strike because I, I, I'm really concerned if the players do strike and hold out. I'm not saying the owners aren't guilty either, but uh, I, th- I think it could really have long ramifications for baseball long-term. It, it scares me as a thing because I love the game, but I, I think it could really hurt baseball in general if they uh, they hold out and we don't play quickly into 2022, especially coming out of COVID and lost revenue for not only the players, but also you know the, the owners. Yeah, and I think um, I agree with you 100%, 1,000% about locking up Soto, I think um, people, you know, the Nats 
should be like on the phone with, uh, unfortunately, a Scott Boris as an agent. Um, unfortunately for the Nats, fortunately for Juan, uh, he has, you know, this agent that's really going to push um, getting him closer to free agent agency. Um, but, you know, I think that your perspective of, you know, buy out his contract, um, he's gonna, he's so young that he's able, he's going to be able to get two bites at the apple, the free agent apple. Um, so I kind of feel lock him up like today, tomorrow, whenever, so that, you know, we never, like, I'll, I'll be the first person to buy a Juan Soto jersey. So here's my theory. Um, and I would love to hear your take on this. Um, I don't buy uh, player specific jerseys unless I know for a fact they're going to be a Washington national for life, i.e. for the first time I bought a Strasburg jersey. I really just rep the team. I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. I would high five you right now because I'm right there with you. I don't buy jerseys. Awesome. I do not buy jerseys, I, but I have bought two. The first jersey I ever bought, and you can ask my wife this, was the All-Star Game in 2018, which that was awesome too. Uh-huh. I bought a Scherzer jersey knowing that he was going. he's going in the Hall of Fame and he's probably going in as a national because he got two Cy Youngs here in D.C., so I felt pretty comfortable, right? And that number will be retired, hopefully not after end of this year. I like to give him maybe two more years, but mm-hmm. that's just me, uh, just because I think he's he's earned it. Um, the other jersey I bought was the the Gold Series jerseys that were released earlier this year. I, I got Mister National. I got I finally got a Zimmerman jersey, knowing that he got the World Series. He's been there since day one. Um, I, I got a Zimmerman jersey, but those are the only two jerseys. Of Nats players I have. Everything else is – I'm a big fan of the 47 brand shirts where they have mm-hmm. – I think it's called Fieldhouse where it looks like it's like embroidered. I'm a big fan of those T-shirts and I, I'm polo, you know, Nats polo or something like that. Yeah, so I'm glad that I'm, I'm glad that you enjoy my take on that. I have a lot of people that you know criticize me about it, so I'm glad I have a new uh, friend uh, in my corner. Absolutely. Um, you definitely have a friend in your corner on that one. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, which new player are you most excited to see in the Washington Nationals uniform this year? New player. Um, I want to say the one player I'm really curious about it, is Keebum going to leave, live up to the hype. I, I, you know, I have been disappointed with him. I wasn't that high on him when I saw him in the minors. That's just my, my opinion. Again, I'm no baseball scout. Mm-hmm. But we're obviously are putting all of our eggs in our basket that he's going to be able to hold third base, and that's besides catcher, like you mentioned earlier, who I did not like the the Avilia signing either. I think the catcher and third base could potentially be huge problems. So I'm I'm curious about those two positions. So I guess that's my player. I hope I answered your question there that way. Okay. Um, now I want to talk really quickly about bobbleheads. I love Washington National bobbleheads. Um, you sent me a picture of your bobblehead collection. Um, I did about two episodes on bobbleheads. I'm probably going to be doing another seven episodes on bobbleheads. Um, I want to know what is your favorite Washington National bobblehead? Well, I love to, if you ever do a bobblehead where we all talk about what they should do or ones that we like, if you ever do a podcast, we bring on multiple people, let me know. I love to join you on that. Cause I, I can okay. go for hours. Um, 
my favorite Nationals bobblehead giveaway out of all the one, and I own every one that was given away since 06 when they started doing it. Um, I got it, and I forgot who the the person was on your podcast talked about, but I agree with him. It's the it's the original racing presence in 2007. I remember, in fact, when I listened to your podcast, I remembered. I forgot that you had to go in the stadium at RFK and then go to do a certain section. I forgot all about that till you brought it. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that now going up. Because I was still – I just – actually just graduated from VCU. And my buddies and I would go up for those four games. In fact, I had my parents before I graduated from VCU that year got me a season ticket plan. And my original number is like 482. That shows you I was one of the early season ticket holders, and my parents bought like an upper deck seat at RFK, just one seat, just for me. <laughs> I had the four games that they were giving out that year, and um, I remember actually even taking one of them. I took my like now he's a freshman in college, but I took my cousin who at the time was five years old with me to to get the bobblehead. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so we do something here on the in the clubhouse. It's called lightning round, where we ask um, our guests one, two, three, four, five questions, and these are the first. the The, the answers have to be the first thing that pops into your head. So, are you ready for our lightning round? I'll try my best. Okay. Good. Okay. First question: Favorite baseball movie? One A. Bull Durham. 1B, Major League. Favorite baseball team? Washington Nationals. Favorite baseball stadium? Ooh. Ooh. Um, I've been to 10 MLB parks, not counting spring training stadiums. And I'm going to my favorite ballpark, Camden Yards. I love the brick. I love the warehouse. I love the brick. Camden Yards. Okay. Wrigley or Fenway? Ooh, done both. Did uh, my wife and I actually did Fenway opening day 2015, and we did my buddy uh, Brian and I did uh, Wrigley 2017, uh, the year I thought we were going to win the World Series. I'm going to go Wrigley, just because of the neighborhood and Wrigleyville. I got to go Wrigley on that. Okay, favorite current baseball player to watch. So I'm biased. I'm, I'm a Virginia boy. Ryan Zimmerman, um, but I do think Juan Soto could potentially surpass Mike Trout's stuff. That's how the sky's the limit with that kid, and he's so humble. I, I, I'm a huge Soto fan. And here's a bonus question. Favorite all-time Washington National? All right, I'm going to go with uh, one that – if, going back to the question I said, if we ever Nationals players who should have a bobblehead that never got one, my favorite all-time Nat. Actually, there's two of them. Number one, Tyler Moore, the nicest guy. Saw him many times at AAA when they went down in Norfolk and I was down there for work. Super nice to my wife, me, autographed, took pictures with us. And the other Nats player that deserves a bobblehead and still has, to me, the greatest catch ever in a Nationals uniform against the Astros in 2012, the Shark, Roger Bernadina. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a throwback. Awesome. Kyle, it was such a pleasure talking to you. I think we could have gone on forever. Um, um, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk um, in the clubhouse, um, you know, Hopefully we'll get a chance to um, go to the stadium. And, you know, if we're at the stadium, we'll have to meet up and I'll, I'll buy you a beer. 
vice versa. Rich, I, I, I want to ask this though, real quick. Um, kind of my, my, my parting shot as, as a Nats collector of items. And I know you are as well. Is there, is there a community where people can connect to find or trade um, Nats items or buy or sell? Cause there's like four items I'm missing from my collection. Three of them are ticket stubs and one's a pin. And I would love to find another Nats fan that would have it either buy it from or trade them for an extra. I might have Do, uh, if you, know of anything or uh, can talk about that in a future podcast. I'd love to hear more about it and maybe connect me with somebody that might have something. And vice uh, versa. Yeah. I'll definitely take a look. Um, you know, I think, you know, I run a Facebook group, um, the Washington Nationals uh, season ticket holders and partners. Um, that's definitely, you know, I know that's how we kind of started talking um, and how we met, um, you know, be, you know, when you signed up to become a partner mm-hmm. uh a member of that group, but I'll, de- I'll definitely do some research. Um, I'll post the answer on our, my, uh, the Nats report Facebook page. And, uh, so, you know, people can get, um, acquainted and I love the idea of that type of a podcast and I'll do, I'll just start doing some research. Well, if you ever want to come down when the, the Harrisburg centers play the flying squirrels, um, I actually, the, the night before Soto got called up in 18, I was at the game. Uh, it was a double header. He played game one and he wasn't in game two. And I remember I texted my wife, I go, $10. He's going to be played tomorrow. She goes, all right, we'll see. And he did. He played in DC the next day. <laughs> so uh, if you ever want to come down, I- I'd be happy to uh, take you to the diamond and uh, we can go see uh, the flying squirrels and cheer on the Nats and uh, there here in Richmond. Awesome. I'll take you up on that offer once uh, COVID is quote unquote over. I get it. I totally understand. Look forward to it. Hopefully one day. Awesome. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Richard. Take care. And this will do it for this episode of In the Clubhouse. If you like this episode, please make sure to like, review, and rate this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can follow us on all the major social media channels at The Nats Report.